so watch, remember, concentrate. Who can say our humble spectacle might just be able to make you almost feel? Max knows. And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Boeuf Bourguignon, French beef stew in red wine. We're going to serve it with braised onions and mushrooms and a wine dark sauce. A perfectly delicious dish. where we could put in a little more tomato paste or a little more thyme. In this case, we're fortunately find it's just right. Now for the thickening of it. Now we want to get our pan hot and we're going to saute it in this first until it's brown and then we're going to put it in this pot in which we're going to cook it in the oven. Now this is going to go in a 325 oven and it's very, very slowly, just at the bare simmer. And once it's in, except for checking the oven to make sure that it isn't bubbling and boiling, you don't have to look at it anymore. Then all let the soft grain out, and then we simply put the stew back into the casserole. There. This is Brookie, and you're listening to Eat It and Beat It on the Two True Freaks Network. Your little dirty secret is safe with me. Hello, and welcome to Eat It, a podcast about food. I am one of your hosts, Bo Vine, and I am here with Sirloin Tips, the only knighted chef in America, somehow. Good day, Governor. With a British accent. Only for a second. That's it. It's 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 done. I'm done with it. I can't keep it up. I'm not Andrew Leyland. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna attempt to uh, to soil his uh, mother tongue. Mm-hmm. And so, but a couple more drinks, and uh, maybe I will, because this is the only podcast where the drinking is real, the eating is real, and if you're still up late enough. The sexting, or maybe not sexting, but the sexy, the sexy is real too. So this is a real, this is a real show here. 
folks. Bringing the real sexy back. Bringing the real sexy back. Um, Absolutely. So, like, we realized so far, we've done most of the favorite uh, land-walking food groups. We've done the chicken and the pork. Yep. But we haven't done the cow yet, the beef. Nope, so it's time to move on to beef. Now, we know that the thing about, like, a chicken is a chicken's a chicken. And and uh, pork has a little more has a little more um, wiggle room in there. A little more as a larger animal. There's a lot more things you can do with a with a with a piggy. But boy, a cow is just a cavalcade oh. of, of different foodstuffs, just slothing off its skeleton. It so I, we're sort of like. I think we're sort of laying our groundwork because the the cow is going to inspire many episodes of this. Because really, I mean, come on, we did the hot dog. The, the, so, uh, we've done fast food, so we did pay tribute to burger. But we someday we need to do a whole a whole show the on whole the, cow. The burgers, the steak. We could do a whole show on steaks. Think of this as a as a a jumping off point to a lot of other topics that we can do. Yes. It's, a, it's a broad topic, you know. We, we can't just do beef because, I mean, you could do a whole episode on steaks. You could ho- do a whole episode on offal. You can you can do... Oh, jeez. I mean, you know, nasty bits, everything. The, the lips cows, and assholes. Lips and assholes. But, but, you know, the cow, when you think American or America, you think steak, you think beef... And that's partly because, you know, back in the late '90s, we had the American Beef Association. They they ran a they ran a campaign for beef on TV. You remember, you know, beef. Uh, I forget what it was. It's what's for dinner. But you saw the commercials, and and beef beef <laughs> has been incredible popular. Dude, you know, what's that? It's right on the tip of my tongue too. I know it. it's not it's not the other white meat. It's beef. It's what's for dinner. It, I, I, I just it can't. does a I body mean, well. No, no. I think no. that was milk. Yeah, beef. that was milk. Oh, it was from a cow. Beef. And it's it's there. It's almost there. And I'm sure if I have. Oh, don't, don't, don't worry. I'll, 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 oh. I'll find the ad in editing, and yeah, it will absolutely, taunt us, yeah. it will taunt us several times. It's bothering our... me, but you know, yeah. beef. It's what's for dinner. The most popular meat in America um, that we that we eat more of is 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 pork. I mean, pork is is incredibly popular, and beef wasn't always the most popular. You know, it didn't always. Uh, was the most popular meat in America because if you go back and you had a cow, chances are your cow was a milk cow, and you weren't going right. to kill your milk cow. Right. You know, you were going to keep the cow for milk. No. If your cow died, or I, got I old, gotta tell you, I grew up on two dairy, two two farms full of cows, and they were dairy cows because. Yeah. You know, like an old far a farmer's farm in those days, you d- they weren't raising cattle for food because that's no. a you need to have a giant farm for that. So they were exactly. all dairy cows, and they had names for every one of those cows. And those you could call the cows by name, and they'd come running over and lick your face. So like, yeah, you know, it would be like Homer eating eating his uh, 
Santa's little helper or something? Or the uh, lobster? No, no, no. Yeah, Pinchy the lobster. Pinchy? Like, mm, mm, mm. Yeah, but, there's, but, there, there's no way the two... two well... I don't know if old Willie could, because he was an old farmer guy, and he was a kind old farmer. But old kind old farmers can also eat. He would just have their to farm. eat. He would have to eat the cow one piece at a time. There'd be cows but the with car- big legs. The Carpinettis. And... I don't think the Carpinettis could have could have ate old Alice. You know. No, no. But yeah, you didn't eat your cow, and you didn't eat your chicken because chickens laid eggs, and you didn't want to. You know, if your chicken died, or once in a while, you know, you would. You yeah, and they ate all, all the bad yeah. insects in the in yeah. the yard and everything. Yeah, and, and if a chicken stops laying eggs, and it does, egg production does drop off as the chicken gets older. You yeah. would eat it. You know, roosters, you needed to 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 screw your chickens so that you could have more chickens. But you know, you would eat a rooster once in a while when its days were done. But you didn't you didn't eat cows. You didn't eat, eat roosters. Uh, but you ate pigs. But but cows. You know, the first cows came over. Um, you know, from Europe, and we can go back to you know the Spanish brought Longhorn cattle in 1534 to America, and the British bought the Devon cattle uh, for leather and beef. But the thing was, you in Europe there wasn't a lot of land. You know, there weren't these massive right. land to raise cattle. Well, but the when they brought the cattle, yeah, they, there are a lot of they take a lot of energy to get a cow, cow from a, a little lot. cow to a big cow and to absolutely it and to feed it well in in europe they just didn't have the land to do that and if you had a, if right. you had a bull you needed the bull to fuck your cow so you can get more cows to make milk and what have you you would eat it if it got older or whatever but in the new world there was more land than you could imagine so you know, you could raise steers for meat, but this wasn't, this didn't become popular until the advent of the railways so that we could get these these cows to Chicago on these great cattle drives or Kansas City, you know, and and then we could we could slaughter them and we could move them by rail across the country. They didn't have to be salted, you know. You didn't have to do anything like that, but the railroad gave America the chance to actually eat beef, and beef has always been more expensive than other cuts of meat, you know, and and it gave rise to the cowboy, and it, we owe a lot to beef, and but it's not the most popular meat in America. Even now, last year, chicken actually surpassed beef in popularity in the United States. Uh, but I remember growing up, and I don't know if, if you guys ever did, you grew up on a farm, but but for a while back in the 80s, you could buy half a cow. Butcher's places would advertise, come on in and buy a full cow, half a cow, and you'd go in there and they would sell you, oh God, maybe 50 pounds of ground beef, 20 pounds of steak, 20 pounds of this, 20 pounds of that. And you had to buy an arc freezer to put it all in, and you never ate it all because there was some really weird cuts of meat in there that you just didn't know what what the hell they were. But I know my parents would do that every once in a while, uh, and and it, beef just it, it just wasn't. Everyone loves a good steak, but we didn't have it very often. And but when we did, it was an experience. I mean, to this day, I don't eat steak as much as I eat pork and eat chicken. But when I do, man, there's nothing I love more. Than a than a good steak, mm-hmm. 
and I don't know about you growing up, but were you, uh, you know, my, my wife being from Michigan, they, uh, my father-in-law steak was, was a, a... Steak was only a few, like a few times during the year, usually in the summer, usually cooked out on the grill, uh, you yeah. know, over a fire out on the grill. We, I, I've never, until I was an adult, well into my adulthood, ever had a steak cooked in an oven or on a, on a, on a like a cast iron pan in, at home or whatever. You know, I, I make steaks all the time that not all the time because I do. I rarely eat. It's expensive. You know, it I is. Can, I, I, I can afford and really like, I mean, uh, a steak, I, I, I'll be in the mood for it and, you know, I'll cook it, spend the money on get, getting a steak and I'll yum, yum, yum. I'll have some steak. But really, I mean, my my biggest experience with beef is going to be in some form of ground beef, you know, exactly. or, or you know, processed beef like a Philly or something, you know, because otherwise, yeah, it's like pork or chicken are preferable to me, especially no. pork. I love pork. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. I do I'm too. Working at the Mexican place and the barbecue place, really, uh, really well, pals with the pigs. Beef, beef consumption has always been more popular in the states and the regions where you know they had the land to graze, you know, to raise the cattle. Texas, right, you know, right, Kansas where you're, City, clo- where you're like, close to the, the slaughterhouse, where you go, it's cheap. you go, yeah, you go, go to those parts south. of the country. And I was in San Antonio one time, and there was a restaurant that we went to called Steak and Whiskey. I'll never forget it. They had a tree growing right in the middle of the fucking restaurant, and they, they just built the restaurant around the tree. They didn't want to kill the tree, but you know, and it was literally what you ordered a steak, and you got a goddamn glass of whiskey with it, and and everyone in there was having steak and whiskey. One of the best steaks I I've ever had, or it might have been one of the best whiskey. And you had the whole that whole fad at the time. Um, most famously, I think it was called the Great Outdoors, that John Candy movie. Yeah. Where they would have the steakhouses where it's like, if you eat our grandmaster mm-hmm. sirloin, you know, you, uh, you, you get it free. You, you, you eat you for free. Your whole table will eat for free. And then the whole thing, they're like, you gotta eat the fat too. Yeah, <laughs> but there, could... You know, that, that was a, that was a, you know, and I'm sure like the beef lobby is the, the, you know, the thing with beef and it's a whole, it's the, it would be a whole different show for a different podcast, but you know. I mean, like beef is one of the least um, efficient and sustainable, you know, exactly. ways of, of making protein into food. So it just comes at such a like environmental and physical cost, and oh, it's expensive. Yeah. I mean, you were right. You need a lot of land to to raise uh, you know beef. And how shit it pays so less- much. I mean, let's talk about the great uh, cow fart conspiracy. Uh, cow fart, uh, what would you call it? The, I, I can tell you. You, it, you must know. I mean, I, I can know tell that you, you know it's about real. The, I mean, the, not, not the chicken farts aren't. Uh, <laughs> we used to live down the street from a chicken farm, and it was hold your breath when you were at the bottom of the hill where the chicken farm was when you went past it because if the wind was blowing right, Ooh boy, but yeah, I mean, just like I mean, every day with every cow, it's a contest to see 
if they can shit or piss more. And when they do, they're a gigantic animal. It just comes flowing out like a like a waterfall or an or a or a oh, mudslide. Yeah. You, oh, you, yeah, they they have no control. You know, when they got to shed, I, I admire that about a cow. When he's got to go, he just goes. They just let, they yeah, just let a, it go. They they lift their tail like up. They're 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 fine like that, but. And, you can but, teach a dog and a cat to shit, you know, pretty much outside or in a box, but a cow will have nothing. He'll have, you, 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 he has no time for that. He's a cow. I'll, I'll just say this. The cow barns, every cow barn that I've ever been in has one of the the major um, features of them has been they're well ventilated. <laughs> yeah. Well, Very well ventilated certain... and they have high ceilings cause you, with fans at the top of them and that collects the farts and funnels them out. Well, somewhere that's, else. that's a problem. Some that's people the problem. claim that the, you know, the, the cows admit methane and, and tons of it, and it's messing up the ozone layer. And they say cow farts are so nasty that they actually can cause acid rain. And, and that, that, that a beef is basically the SUV of meats, and it really fucks up the carbon oh, and the, footprint the of the earth. the sheer amount of grain you know? that you have to grow to... to... You know, feed a cow to make it yeah. healthy, to make more, it... More cows, you know. less and, and trees. Then, you know? And then you get to the extreme area of that with, like, the Kobe beef, where they ah. take it to the next extreme and massage it and, yes. you know, like, yeah. feed it only the finest of grains and, well, and all that. Beef. I mean, just the amount of energy into each calorie ah. of... Of protein off that cow is like Kobe beef is so insane. last so now it's all about Wagyu beef, which I've never had. I've had Kobe beef. Okay, but, I've know, heard of that. I, I've heard of that now that you mention it. Is that, the, is that the next fit? Next is yes, that the even fancy Kobe? Yeah, it had it, to happen. It's it starts at about one hundred and twenty nine dollars a pound for the lesser cuts, and if you if you ever get a chance. You look at the way this thing is cut, and you would swear to God this is a piece of fat with little veins of meat going through it. And it's supposed to be an incredible, I mean, an incredible experience to taste this. And the Japanese pretty much just skewer it and grill it over charcoal just a little bit, you know. And it's supposed to just melt in your mouth. I would love to try Wagyu sometime, but... I don't know if I ever will or if I'm ever going to get the chance, but you know, I've I've had Kobe before, and now Kobe is like, you no, know, here we raise raise cows here, but you know, they grind it into hamburgers and stuff. But you're right, the, these cows are massaged, they're they're fed, uh, they drink some form of beer or sake, and and they're rubbed down, and and the the breed is basically an American breed. But it's the way that they that they raise the the animal. You know, he's relaxed, he's happy, and, you know, <laughs> right, say, right, and then they right. kill it's it. It, it, happy tastes, horm- it happy tastes hormones a lot better instead of pain it and tastes death a lot hormones better when he's when he's dead. Yeah, you know, uh, beef consumption in the United States reached its peak. Give me a year that you think that that we reached our peak of beef consumption. It's been going down since then. Wow. Because I want to say the 50s, because the 50s? that just seems like the, like, have a steak, son, era. But then again, 
like, well, that is still in the baby boom era. But, like, by the 70s seemed like a big, like, fast food and and up upgrading of the, like, I'm going to say the 50s. Okay. Uh, well, you were closer with 1976. Mm, it okay. hit its peak so in 1976, it. and it's been plummeting ever since. And right now it's down by one-third. Um, and the average American is eating twice as much chicken. And and you can see that this that this it's not it doesn't seem to be ticking up anytime soon because you know beef is not it's not cheap. I mean, if I go to Costco right. and I feel like having a steak, it's I, not going to be getting cheaper steaks, either. Four steaks at Costco, nice porterhouse steaks, will run you almost maybe fifty dollars. And every once in a while, we'll we'll buy we'll treat ourselves to 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 some steaks like that. But you know the boom in meats came when when immigrants would come to this country. They could, some of them had never tasted beef before. And they came here and it was readily available because you had you had uh, the space to to raise it. And but a lot of it wasn't safe to eat uh, before before we had you know government intervention and uh, you know rotten meat was was just all over the cities and. And that's why so much of it was was pickled. You had you had uh, the Irish would would make briskets and corned beef and stuff like that because mm-hmm. it wasn't until refrigeration really came right. into being that that meat could could be enjoyed and and it, it was safer to eat. Chickens you could get any time, but a cow, you know, people would write back to Ireland and say, you know, I tasted my first bit of beef that I've had in in thirty years. But it, it's just—it's an incredible, incredible jumping-off point. That um, that man, you could—we could take beef in all kinds of different directions, you know. It just—it just—it doesn't—it doesn't stop. And with winter coming, you know, it's—it's going to be stew season, yep. and I'm we sure that s- scandalous uh, with veal. We could go gross with tongue. Oh, we veal! Could go just yeah, that's delicious a whole with Wellington. Story. About about veal. I mean, my God. But you know, we are chomping at the bit talking about beef here, and that is going to uh, bring us to our George Leonard Herder Herder's Corner, and because we uh, hamburger is, it always comes back to hamburger. I, mean, I know we'll, I mean, we'll have the, to we'll have most... to figure out something different. Like I think when we do our hamburger episode, maybe both you and I should make our ideal hamburger, like mm. our our home seasoned. Like Absolutely. this is the hamburger. <laughs> but I have to tell you that George Leonard Herder, um, from uh bull cook and authentic historical recipes and practices and this particular recipe comes from volume number three of his uh, three volume opus i have learned more about cooking hamburgers from this guy than than anything i mean you know as obscene and silly as some of his stuff is some of his recipes we've only had a couple of of you know ones that i didn't like uh and he knows how to cook a burger and he knows, you know, what to do. The best tip he gave me was 
you add a little salt, a little pepper, and a little bit of water, and you mix that in with the burger, and it seasons the burger like from the inside. You don't even need to put salt or pepper on the outside of it. But um, he, uh, what I tried today was something called the Soho Wimpy. Now, we have Soho, you know, here in New York. Uh, but George Leonard Herter visited the Soho district of London. Oh. Uh, and he didn't like it. And uh, this is a quick recap of what George <laughs> Leonard Herter had to say. The Soho district of London, England, is run by movie mongrels. A strictly undesirable lot entirely motivated by finance. I wonder who he could possibly be talking about when he, when he speaks of that. But in Soho Square stands an eroded statue of Charles II. An erotic sex maniac surrounded by square miles of the worst vice in the world. There are no sens- there are no sexual tastes too bizarre for Soho. In Lady Jane's not dress, even, yeah. not even John Herder's. <laughs> no, in George Lady Jane's, yeah, George Leonard, not even George Leonard Herder. In in Lady Jane's dress shop, they couldn't shop, even stump him. She could just see him getting all upset, you know, boiling over. In Lady Jane's dress shop, models change their clothes in a show in the show windows, and the sales girls wear see-through blouses. I'm getting mad just reading it. Prostitutes hang out of windows and doors all over the Soho area. Strip shows are in every crack and I don't corner. Think he, I, don't, I don't think he would be saying this in the same report. I think he's excited. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's like a kid in candy yeah, land really. right now. It's crack, every crack and corner big enough for a girl to stand upright and make it. Raymond's... Beauvoir is one of the better strip places, and they say strip in Soho, they mean just that. The girls take off everything, including any semblance of a G-string or tit button. Pasty. In the Phoenix Club, the girls wiggle and grind. In the Phoenix Club, the girls wiggle and grind through the act of sex making. Camera clubs abound with completely new girls and walking and girls walking around and men and women photographing them everyone is kneeling down and taking photos between the girls legs murray's cabaret cabinet serves dinner and a nude show at the same time the guests are all men of all ages and everyone seems to like to watch the girls breast bounce and to see if their hair on their bodies matches the color of the hair on their heads and for some strange reason, it rarely does. Nude women photograph shops are every place there is room to squeeze one in. The Soho District of London is a filthy place run by filthy people, and the world would be much better off without it. When you leave this area, you want to take a bath. Now. Food. But I the did only good for two months afterwards because yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wanted to preserve yeah, exactly. all the smells. The only good thing about the Soho district is the Soho Wimpy. Oh, is, yeah, he went there for the hamburger. Yeah, okay, I got and it. it, got yeah, it. it, is, it is really good. The Soho Wimpy is a bun with burger and the hamburger covered with 
a half inch of cottage cheese and plenty of chopped white onions mixed into the cottage cheese. Very delicious. So he spent about he spent about six paragraphs just blasting Soho, and and but you know one little snippet about the Soho wimpy. Let me just pour myself a little herder juice here. This sounds and, like something I would have created in. I was a I was a fan of using cottage cheeses well, like on sandwiches and stuff when I was a kid. It's very alien to me. Um, my wife's people being from Michigan, uh, cottage cheese is a side dish. Yeah, I mean that's, they, that's how we usually had it at home. Would just be like a scoop of it on the side. Yeah, I mean it's like okay they'll have a, they'll have a steak or something and I guess and and maybe some cottage cheese on the side. We didn't do that. I didn't. The only cottage cheese I ever ate was the one that had pineapple in it, and I I do like that. And um, my wife makes lasagna with it sometimes. But I've, but I've seen it with pineapple in it as yeah. a side, and I've seen it people use it in lasagnas, like mixing it yeah, with, so, with ricotta yeah, so or something. Yeah, that's the way she makes her her lasagna. But like as a, a topping or a sandwich thing, I thought I was the only one. No, so no, you're it. not. No, the Soho Wimpy. Uh, but I did. I have here regular cottage cheese that I chopped a generous amount of onions into, and I cooked up a burger. It's not going to be a warm burger because we've been talking for a while. But I'm actually going to. I'm putting the cottage cheese on the burger right now, and. I have Let's potential. See. I have a potential uh, improvement on this. Oh, really? Well, mm-hmm. let me take a bite of it here. So you, you have to taste it first to see if my improvement me. would work. It's good. It's good. The cottage cheese has a little salty kick to it, just a little bit, and the onions. I just buttered the uh, I buttered and toasted the bread, but the um, the texture of the cottage cheese and the crunch of the onions this this is nice. This is something that okay. This this oh. is my, this is how I would this is how I would, what I would add to it if if you're if you like tomatoes and have good tomatoes you know, go ahead go ahead with your tomato like a regular so that you have. I would, instead of adding lettuce, I would add a layer on top of the the cottage cheese of bean sprouts. Oh, and man. Really? First, first, first a little mustard and then bean sprouts. Because the bean sprouts retain a crunch through the... And they have that mild sort of flavor. You know what? I like bean sprouts. I'm thinking about the other sprouts that I don't like. What's well, the what other one? Any kind of sprout that you like, alfalfa. There, like yeah, might, you know, like the real wimpy alfalfa. sprouts. I, I like bean sprouts. They're okay. You know, I like bean sprouts. I, I used to use alfalfa sprouts, which are yeah, part of what you're thinking about. Yeah, I'm thinking about alfalfa sprouts. They have a little funky funk. They have some funk to them. Mm. Um, but like that would add the like I like the like that I would have I would have sandwiches that were just like. Um, Cottage cheese, mustard, and alfalfa sprouts. Well, on, to- on toasted bread. And I can. They were. Do- I'm. I'm. I'm sort of craving one now. Well, you know, we're meat eaters. I mean, I. I know I am. And, I am too. And I, and I. And I do love beef. And 
years ago, I went on a juice juice fast. My friend Shelly and I, we did a juice fast for, I don't know, it might have been like three weeks or something. Just a cleanse, you know, drinking the, the cayenne mixture every day to mm. clean our livers out. And when we broke the fast, we went to a Brazilian steakhouse, which is which they walk around with different cuts of meat and yeah, pay just... one price and just slap it on there. And we ate so much beef that we outdid probably any good that we had done. Yeah, you just... week fat. You probably did more damage because all your machinery was all cleaned out, and oh. then it was just like kaboom. Oh, I have pictures any... of a very young me sitting there looking at this at this beef and like salivating because it, I hadn't had meat in so long, and it was it was worth it. It was delicious, absolutely delicious, and and beef is delicious. Mm-hmm. I but it, you know it's 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 not something that. We're gonna eat every day, but once a month, I do like to treat myself to a to a nice steak. But I don't count hamburgers. You know, you can have hamburgers anytime. But I do enjoy a nice cut of uh, of beef, roast beef, uh, prime rib, stuff like that. I enjoy in moderation. You know, I, I couldn't do it every day because I never shit again. But but I, I I do enjoy beef, and you know, just just uh, think of this as the springboard to the swimming pool that this show will eventually dive in, full of beef. And, uh, and, you know, we'll, 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 we'll just, yeah, uh, we'll, we will take the cow apart piece by piece, piece and... by ever loving piece. And just, just another delicious animal, just another delicious. Animal. Don't feel sorry for the cow because if it could kill us, need us, it probably would. So God that being him. said, that God, that being said, I'm just looking over at the green room and someone put three babies in there. And it looks like they have humongous beef bones, and they're pounding, and and and, and is that a rat? I, I I don't know what the fuck's going on in there. This I hope we're not weird, going into. I hope uh, we're not going into the adult babies episode. I, but, I okay, don't. Um, I don't know. Diaper Dave. I don't know what the fuck's going on in the green room. <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna finish this Soho Wimpy and, and and let you go in there and and check it out. But take this. Uh, Take this um, little uh, rack of milk bottles as you walk oh, in there, okay. would you? Oh, and, uh, awesome. And uh, we'll be right we'll, we'll, back. We'll just see what happens as I stroll in there. Uh, All right. Hello, I'm Bull Stolholler, proprietor of the Cow Suit Shop. The Cow Suit Shop is your one stop for cow suits and only cow suits. We do not sell cow-related items or clothing, only full cow suits. We don't have cow mugs or shoes with cows on them. But if you need custom-fitted hoof-simulating boots, then this is the place for you, the serious cow suitor. We have two-person pantomime cow suits and single-person full bovine simulations in Guernsey, Heifer, British White, Latvian Brown, Hinterland, Holstein, Spanish Fighting Bulls, Jersey, and over 650 other breeds. Are you sick of going to buy a cow suit and are met with a non-cow-fancying teenage minimum wage worker? Well, not at the cow suit shop. We are open 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. seven days a week. You will be serviced by me personally, a full-trained and certified cow suitor, as I am the sole employee so you can get the focused, expert attention of a true cowman. Also, if we are closed, you can ring the bell anytime 
I live upstairs and will be down in a few minutes to help you out with all your cow suit needs. Or if you just want to talk about cow suits or the calming freedom of being a cow. Come on down, we can try on suits together and chew the cud. Please bring your own cud as we only sell cow suits. The cow suit shop is located in cruel irony across the street from Maury's Hamburger Heaven at 3242 South Weasel Run Drive in downtown Demonsville. Come on down! Welcome to Beat It, a podcast about pornography and sexy, sexy things. I am Nuke Jukum, and I am here with my co-host, well-known master of ceremonies, Curtin Collier. Good evening, mutants and mutettes, and welcome. The show's hot, and the liquor's not. One of the most... Yeah, you 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 are sort of we're we're going to be meeting one of the most high abrasive characters. Jesus Christ! I <laughs> you, you know, know what? I've just, seen it a long time. I have how many years have we been doing this show? I three years maybe 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 I don't know I don't even know what episode this is but just when I think that you can probably give me something to watch that that I say all right that. This it, it, it can't get any. You, you can't get any lower than this. You, you, this 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 is definitely. You're never going to see anything like this. You come up with something like this month's topic, and and I'm just. I was I was 15 minutes into it. I had to take a screenshot and send it to you and just say what the fuck. I was at work when that came in, and I was just like, oh, Dario's doing his homework for tomorrow night. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I was I was a little worried because I was like, oh shit, there's like there's like there's been a couple sequels done by a different director and Oh, there are. And and I was like, I hope Dario got the first one and then as soon as I saw the pencil, I'm like, oh, he's watching the right Yeah. As, right version. Know, and, as, and we it, haven't said the name yet, but we're no. talking about the infamous Cafe Flesh. Oh. Midnight Cat. Midnight movie or porno, pornographic movie? Why not both? It 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 was you know it sounded you know simple enough you know it's it you know it's uh, it the the premise sounds like a lot of other movies that we have covered. I mean, Cafe Flesh. It was made in 1982. It is about a post-apocalyptic cult. Uh, it's a pornographic science fiction film designed and directed by Stephen, um, how do you say it? Say, Sayadian? Say, uh, Sayadian. Sayadian. Yeah, yep. under the, the, uh, the name of Rinse Dream and co-written by uh, Jerry Saddle. Uh, Sat- Saddle and he's Stahl, credited, I think. Stahl, yeah, yeah, credited as uh, Herbert W. Day. Um, they had two sequels, one in 1997 and 2003. 
by um, a guy so- named Pasolini, but I don't know if it's the same Pasolini as who did like Salo and stuff like that. I'm thinking no. Well, um, this uh, Saladin, he actually worked behind the scenes in um, uh, the Woody Harrelson movie about we we covered it. Why? Uh, come on, what the hell? I can't think right now. Woody Harrelson. Yeah, yeah, he he played the pornographer. We we. Uh, oh, oh, People versus Larry. Yeah, Flint. he 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 worked behind the scenes in that movie. Oh, okay. Uh, whatever. Yeah, he was he was you know he worked he's credited uh, he did a little bit of work on that. Uh, you picked this baby, and um, I'm gonna go over the. There's a little paragraph. I'll just let people know the plot real quick if i if i can um in the aftermath of a nuclear apocalypse 99 percent of the survivors are sex negatives they become violently ill if they attempt to have sex the minority sex positives are forced to engage in carnal theater for the entertainment of the negatives at cafe flesh everyone is excited about the arrival at the club of the famous positive Johnny Rico, and one negative woman is beginning to question her negativeness as she and her boyfriend grow more distant from each other. Now, it's a feel-good movie. It's, it's about feel- it's about going from being negative to being positive. It, yeah, it is. And let me know a little bit of your background. I mean, I had no idea this existed. I mean, okay, <laughs> this did you know? But let me know a little bit about your. Uh, background with this movie in your pantheon of of uh movies and wealth of knowledge of all things film and why why and there's obviously a warm spot why we're in watching this we've yes, talked yes. about that we've talked about this in passing but we've talked about many things i don't think we really went into what it was but i know i've said a few times we got to do cafe flesh mm-hmm. and uh i'm holding a book in my hand called omni's screen flights and screen fantasies the future according to science fiction cinema edited by danny peary and with an introduction by harlan ellison and this is a book i i uh, i saw on the shelf and uh my my parents would buy me Omni magazine because it was like oh science fiction oh yes yeah you know science it was like the it was basically the same publisher as Penthouse but it was his science fiction science magazine so it was Penthouse but science so there was no porn in it but there was a little sexy stuff in it because it's Cuccioni and it's Italian but this book was just a solid anthology of of essays about horror and and it leaned it you know had stuff on tron and the road warrior but it had also some underground films and you know less less seen stuff and it just looked like a really interesting book so i got it and i was i was younger you know i think i got the book in like probably like 83 84 so i was in high school and there was one chapter on Cafe Flesh written by Jerry Stahl and talking about how they got the movie made. And uh, generally, it was fascinating to me as a, as a teenager because by that time I'd seen some pornographic movies 
And I remember, like, on a long car ride with my dad, just going, like, I wonder why nobody's really, like, tried hard to make a real, like, a real movie, like, with real actors and stuff that was also pornographic at the same time. And my dad just laughed, and he's just like, yeah, that's not why people watch pornographic movies, son. It's, It's really, nobody's really would be interested. And, like... People have sort of tried, you know, I mean, there and there's there's been many solid attempts, but this seemed like a it, it seemed to me like a more interesting attempt for a I love post-apocalyptic stuff. Yeah, it's 1982. So, yeah. And and <clears throat> well, the story the story was that that that. Um, Saadian and Jerry Stahl had this plan for and they they were like hey we were ahead of the whole Mad Max curve and stuff we wanted to do a a really sort of upbeat post-nuclear like R-rated musical yeah it kind of it's like a cabaret uh you know yes feel to it if you've seen if you've seen cabaret and the and the music and the uh and the theatrical version of Cabaret. That's the first thing that that got to me. But then there's like this Clockwork Orange. <laughs> I mean, it, Clockwork it, Orange. And it, if ever see, have you ever seen um, uh, Liquid Sky? N- no, I haven't. There's a there's a solid uh, Liquid Sky isn't enough to get into this show, but Liquid Sky you should check it out. It's a trip. Um, but there's a little bit of liquid sky into this. This is all sort of that same time period. So like experimental stuff had a lot of the similar Very. elements to it. But what happened is they couldn't find anybody to fund this movie until they found a bunch of uh, porn producers. And he heavily, heavily, heavily um, hinted that... Uh, you know this this these were mafia yeah. people which is a, which is probably why he was pulled into like into uh uh the Marky Mark movie or no into the um People versus Larry Flint movie just to like his so so they had to get money and they were like okay you got to put six hardcore porn scenes in it but we'll let you do whatever you want with the rest of it you know so Automatically, it just sounded fascinating to me because it was like, okay, these guys made a movie that was not supposed to be porn, and you know, and 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 then they had to make it porn, but they also had the freedom to like, okay, well, we can have sex scenes, well, we can do whatever bizarre thing we want with the sex and scenes or something. Bizarre. We just have to have. There's got to be blowjobs in there, and there's got to be some penetration, and 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 this and that. And and you can see in the sequences that they're like, make sure to get all the stuff in that you're supposed to get in. Uh, and then uh, on do top what you want. But um, so I was just like, I was just like, holy shit, I got to see this movie. But I was in Carthage, New York in 1984. There's no way I was going to get my hands on this movie. So it wasn't until an adult that I finally got to see it. And I was very disappointed on the first time i saw it the, the second time i saw it i warmed i've warmed up to it more and this time when i watched it i warmed up to it even more although it's not a feel-good movie and no. it's not an erotic movie 
no, it's I mean, <laughs> and uh, it's not. Uh, yeah, it's not like even like it's it's. But I grudgingly have to say it's it's well done, and it's more so, like you know. I mean, there's like Devil and Miss Jones. Yeah, is, is a good the... example of like that's a Twilight Zone story of. You oh, know, even the beginning. It, with sex it. in it and stuff in it, and it has style and stuff. And then you have stuff like Emmanuel, which is sort of just like a over overblown travel log mixed with a Harlequin romance and lots of sex. So it's just like a lot of stuff like with jazz it up to. But this like seems like a concept, you know. Yeah, this, I saw this actually of, this this goes into the Dark Brothers sort of territory. Devil and Miss Jones. Yeah, I saw a lot of Devil and Miss Jones influence in um in what they were trying to do. I mean, right from the beginning. I mean, there's like this Rod Serling kind of opening, you know, pinky ring guy smoking a cigarette, telling you know everything that's going on in the world, and there's the positives and the negatives, and and I there was some I some of my favorite things of the movie was some of the editing when they would actually, you know, cut to the audience scenes. And these were the most depressed looking people. You know uh, who one of them was? Yeah. Uh, Richard Belzer. Richard Belzer. <laughs> yeah. You can, uh, you had to, you had to look quick, but he was there. And, you know, later on, of course, you know, he went on to, to, um, to his own career in, Comedy uh, fame. yeah. And so he had a quick moment as one of the, um, the people in the uh, in the audience who just mostly just stared. It wasn't even like they were really enjoying it. Uh, the MC uh, the, the, was probably just the most annoying. Max melodramatic. Oh my! He did God. a like a decent Elvis impression. Yeah, yeah, decent, I caught that. Decent Brando impression. Mm-hmm. Like, but he was supposed to be a shitty. Um, there's a stuff that predates like Walking Dead where like he and Ma are, like both have a little scene. Ma is the woman who runs the whole place. Yeah. The yeah, sort of dominatrix Ma, Ma sort of John Waters character almost. But not as broad as a Don John Waters character. But like they both have their scene where they were like, I was nothing before this and now look at me. I'm like now I've got a gig here and Ma's like now I'm the 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 queen of of you know and that you know they they do a good job at world building because you like you find out there's other cafes around and they just sort of and the the government just looks for positive for positives yeah and it's it's almost like it's basically just sort of like the only game in town is the race just slowly dies off so yeah it's 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 not it's nihilistic as hell there's uh, every bit of humor in it is truly dark humor not laugh like laugh out loud humor it's like that's a good that's a good line or you know that's that's a nice little piece of writing there but I mean, do you ma- think that they were trying to just be avant-garde with this or just throwing shit to the wind and just hey, let's be as weird as we can or do you think that there was actually some type of artistic 
I thought think, behind what because, no, you know, I think I, I mean I think if they had millions and millions of dollars they would have built sets and they would have built the world out into the nuclear wasteland and stuff yeah, instead of but a warehouse. literally literally they had like the, their set was the size of a small laundromat and they I had think a, the most money was spent on the the front door opening that mm-hmm. was kind of like a submarine that was probably the the like a bank vault submarine yeah like a bank like vault opening uh, yeah well, you know, the, the show And that is, might have been something that they got a hold of that they were just like, we can use it. You know, there was a lot of that. They they had very little money and they it, basically they were that that what they had to work with was writing uh writing dialogue exposition and and set design, you know, set pieces that that rely on us like the the most effort had to be put into the stage shows and everything so once you do that all you really need is like a simple set for someone's apartment and the club and you know mom's mom's office in the club and that's it so that takes your budget down to something you can do you know the and for for what they had for resources, they pulled it off. You know, they yeah. told the story. Well, the main told- character is is I guess you would have to say it's Nick and his girlfriend, who you know at the beginning of the movie they're both. Um, I want to say the negatives. girlfriend's the main character because yeah, I just she like is her better. I just fucking yeah. hate him. He, Nick yeah, is he's so, just a mopey. A yeah, he's he's his his girlfriend is 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 Lana. Okay, so it's Lana. She's probably is the main character here, and it's broken up into about maybe five different stage acts, where uh, Max, who is the MC, will come on and do this terrible monologue, you know, and introduce the act. And you know, Act One. How do we explain this? There are three grown men, in dressed as babies. And they're sitting in high chairs, and they're each one is holding a large bone, and there's different colored lights on them, and they are banging the bone on the high chair, a la "Give me food," and there is a woman sitting in a Archie Bunker type chair, and these babies are in the background banging on their on their um, high chairs with the bone, and in comes a. A guy in a full body suit, like a skin tight suit, but he's got a rat mask on. He's the rat milkman. He's a rat milkman. He's got an impressive tail. Okay, the tail I liked. And he's carrying one of the old fashioned milk carrying things with milk. And this, you know, there's a woman, she's got kids, I guess. And and all of a sudden, this man in the rat mask, you know, they they just go at it. And, uh,. You know the the tail. I, I like the tail. Is just moving around and and uh, you know people are getting antsy in the audience watching this and the babies are still slamming bones and it's it's just depressing. You know. Uh, yeah. No. It's it, just it, like just like just like the devil and Miss Jones. Yeah. Just like the devil and Miss Jones. Just like the 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 um, Dark Brothers movies. It's got sex, but it's not erotic. It's no, actually not. kind of kind of the uh, anti-erotic. I almost wanted to call them anti-porno films, but they're not against pornography. They're just like no. not the the like yeah like this has this is very m- much like the 
It reminds me of stuff that Oingo Boingo related people were doing, like Danny Elfman and his brother were doing with the mu- with the weird music, which was this guy named um, Michael Michael Froom, and who um, put it out on an album called The Keep Cool. So if you ever want to hear the Cafe Flush soundtrack, yes, just you can get for, it for Froom's Key of Cool album. But it's very it's very 80s sometimes carnivaly this this movie yeah. music is definitely a little more abrasive but like this is like more of like if the dark brothers were more art school yeah more i got of a, a big art school forced art yeah. school and, feel about this and when i went back and read jerry Stahl's article on this it's the most pretentious goddamn thing I've ever read. It's as a reading it as an adult, I'm just like, oh god, this screenwriter's like, you know, and this like, okay. <clears throat> All right, he okay. So he's talk. He was comparing like Cafe Flesh to say. Um, um, Metropolis and okay. S- Sallow by Pasolini um, you know which was like people eating poop and stuff as being shocking and stuff just so those were the two movies sake. yeah those were the let me just read the final paragraphs of his article because I could just pick any spot in this article and just like start spewing pretension alright but, but we'll we'll go to we'll go for his wind up these films merit comparison on no other level. Only that edgy and after effect connects them that shock ultimately of grim recognition. The audience within Cafe Flesh exists as more than a symbol for the one outside. The on-screen voyeurs emerge as our shadow selves, post-bomb doppelgangers, just plain folks adapting to an option that's never more than a shudder away. This is the rank secret at the heart of Cafe Flesh, the survivor's quotidian. That scabrous carnival does not mark some vast departure from life as we know it. All capitalized life as we know it. Au contraire, their itch for a vicarious fix is the same as the one that brought the paying public in off the streets. In Cafe Flesh, the impotent are driven to have their fate paraded before their eyes. In the here and now, they also watch. Unmanned by a looming horror that leaves them powerless, the audience can't help itself. They're aroused by the image of their own ultimate debasement. They seem to need it. Torture, our hero says, is the one thing left he can feel. If the future portrayed in Cafe Flesh is an obscene one, it may be because the present long ago became unspeakable. Oh, boy. Which he's not wrong. No, but he's not Jesus wrong. Christ, dude. Yeah, I, I, I like, I agree with all that. That you know, but you can say that in one pair. You can say, yeah, just you, like, you could. Yeah, it's it, a little it, long-winded. Of, I, it, uh, it, it holds a mirror up to the audience. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't, yeah, he, he's right in saying that you know, in this world, cafe flesh is all people have, and and Nick, who is that's all he talks and about. hates life hates everything that he can't have sex anymore hates it but he's there every night because there's this is what you do I, you go to cafe flesh and you watch people having having sex 
every single night and and well it, he's there it's, i it, think he, uh, yeah he's there because his girlfriend yeah his, his girlfriend is 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 there too and they did try and like kiss once and and poor nick just went and threw up his girlfriend didn't quite get as sick but you know well, I, that, she was we will she was faking it that, yeah that's, yeah, that's something will, they didn't spell out yeah you, um directly but i guess like when when the sex negatives get start to get physically turned on they become nauseous almost like uh clockwork orange you know when they when they trained Alex, it's like one of those drugs you take to stop drinking. That if you take right, a little sip yeah, of booze, be, you're gonna get yeah. you're gonna get you're just gonna get sick. Yeah. You know? uh, and then you let, let let's go on to the second act, uh, which is which is the one that I sent you the the That's picture the of. Pencil head. Yeah, yeah. It, it takes place, um, Max. The the um, the MC is dressed, you know, kind of as a Southern belle in a flowered swing, and he's she's going around swing, and and uh, and all of a sudden, you know, we we cut to these scenes of Texas oil rigs, you know, models of oil rigs, which were nice. They were nice little models, and and they're moving up and down. And then you have this this fat typist who's naked typing. And a, a woman she's on a plump. desk. Yes, yeah, she's plump, and she's and the woman is just sprayed out on a desk with a graph chart behind her, and it's you know up and down. And all of a sudden, in walks this man with this humongous pencil head <laughs> mask over his head. So he's like a living pencil, and the typist just keeps saying over and over, "Do you want me to type a memo? Do you want me to type a memo?" Do you want me to type a memo? And of course, you know, she makes it with the pencil neck geek. And uh, you never see a real shot of his face having sex. I think he had to take the mask off. It's probably much too hot underneath that pencil to. I have that same thought watching. Yeah, it's a. The thing about it is. the, 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 The sex scenes, like, I think. They were way more radically surreal back in the day. And I think the Dark Brothers sort of like took all the piss out of (laughs) being surreal because they were just dirtier about it. But like, like the sex scenes are dry. Like they're not like the people, the the women are pretty and stuff, but it's just it's set up like a stage show. The most lascivious parts of the the sex acts are the shots of the people in the audience licking their lips or mm-hmm. or stuff like that so it's like those parts like once you get the initial like okay here's the layout of how this goes those are the most boring parts of the movie you know the story of this movie is way more interesting than yeah there's it's... only there's only one there's only one sex sequence in the whole movie that that really is like and it drives to that sequence to its benefit story-wise but only one of the sequences really like has anything to do with the story their their contractual obligations but they made them into you know like music videos for <laughs> oh absolutely <laughs> for michael I mean... flume's music and as music videos you know 
they're 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 fairly good but as porn they're you know so they're they're in this weird like this is what like at, like if i would have seen this when it came out when i was in high school it probably would have had a much more profound effect because it would have been like oh this is what a music video would really look like if people were having sex yeah in it. i mean you could or, this is 1982 there you know yeah. aids had not blown up yet um, Reagan is in the White House rattling his saber, so we all thought we were going to die in nuclear apocalypse. The day after, you know, the movie had you know had come on, and and we were all in that oh you know this is the end of the world deal, and you know this this is what was done at the time, and and they ran with it. I mean, in Act Three, it opens up you know bizarrely, the guy opens up the bank vault, and these people in this Babadook mask looking shit walk through for no apparent reason other than just to come through the door. They're like they're like yeah. Babadook masks mixed with, with the bowler hats uh, and what the fuck was, was well, that? Well it was like a little clockwork orange, but it was yeah, a little yeah, bit of Michael orange. Myers too from yeah, Halloween. Yeah, exactly. They almost looked like the Shatner masks. And almost. then he, he closes the door and goes, Let me in, let me in. No, why would I let you in? I have a bird. I'm gonna give it to the to the moms. You've got a bird? Yeah, I guess birds are, are rare. So, you know, of course, the guy lets him yeah, into the living club. Animals. Yeah, living animals. Yeah, lets him very, into the club. It's very, like, Mad Max, you know, style post... I mean, the, the, the post-apocalypse language in this was... is has become, you know, pretty, you know, established now. Although, you know, they were in that period... Where like our our now whenever we have post apocalypse it's, it's post some environmental apocalypse. Yeah. But but up until the through the eighties it was a nuclear war. So, yeah, then a bird is a rare thing and moms loves birds. So, you know, we, we get and that leads into the next act where Max has his head in a bird cage and he's and there is an ass sitting on top of the bird cage. And he's introducing the next act. And later on, we see that this is a man, not a woman, sitting on his birdcage head, you know. And and the next sex act is basically a girl on girl doing it with an air raid siren going off in the background. And you can hear, you know, people marching. And, and you know, it's just strange. Yeah, it sounds for, like the background for a, for a Hitler rally. Basically. Yeah, exactly. You know that that that's uh, that's Act Three, and then all of a sudden, you know, the unexpected happens, and the place gets raided. They're looking for the moms, you know, and it's the enforcers, and these are the governments, and they're here to flush out any sex positive people who might uh, who aren't performing. You know, if you're sex positive, you have to perform. So so they're looking around, and there is one girl that's introduced earlier in the movie and she's she's from wyoming her name is angel and it turns out she's playing the part of a negative because she's a virgin but she's really a positive and and she's taken and she's away with this little little rat like guy named yeah. silky oh god i hated that guy you know and and in it's it, you know so they you're take supposed a, to hate oh, everybody everybody there was no <laughs> this is a mean they, and angry movie <laughs> Yeah, you know, and, and they take her away. And of course, you know, Nick is going to to try and Nick and his girlfriend are going to try and save her. But 
they, she's locked in a room, and all of a sudden she starts giving herself a rubdown and getting excited about it. And and all Nick can do is just be an asshole and just watch. He doesn't do anything to save her, and and comes to find out later she doesn't need saving. You know, she's just giving herself a rub a rub down, and Nick is just turns out to just watch the whole thing. Uh, but then we learn that that the biggest score ever is coming, and it's johnny rico and he's a big deal but we don't find out about johnny rico for a while we just know that he's coming you know and nick and uh nick's girlfriend is is getting very very interested in johnny rico coming you know uh and you know we get more terrible monologue from max for act four and uh it's it's too about max is his monologues are really good but um, he's so fucking repellent. Like, yeah, yeah. He's you know, like, he, he, I mean, like the, like a good repellent character on screen is like delicious. Like, you know, like, you know, Vincent Price comes out and plays like an evil person. You're just like, moi. This guy, you just want to strangle the life out of him. Oh, absolutely. You know? And and like and not in not in a good way, you know, <laughs> not. And it's. It's. I mean, I think it's what they were going for, and so good job they yeah, got they, it. Yeah, they definitely pulled it off. I mean, he literally off. makes you just hate it. Like every second on the screen, he's so. You later find out when mom makes him. He, you know. Oh he, yeah, I, I have the poem here. We'll definitely uh, get to that. Uh, and Act Four is two girls. Uh, it looks like they're on cheese graters. And they're going up and down on the cheese grater, and then there's these half hands coming out of the stage, and they're each one is, is snapping. And that's like one of the big, yeah. well-known images for this movie that yeah. made it around. Where the well, one of the girls turns out it's Angel, the girl from Wyoming, who was really a positive, and she loves it. She absolutely loves it. She can't believe that that she didn't have to have to you know why she, she, she was head she of the comes she in, was, it in a little she, bit nope, she was made for it, you know and this is a this is an incredible post-apocalyptic world you know it's not like thunderdome it's thunderbone or whatever you want to call it you know and and uh and well we we finally get to see uh R- rico okay and rico is is he's basically has has a horse cock <laughs> right and and, and he looks bleh. like the stereotype 80s like 80s dark sunglasses terminator like, yeah, looking oversized know, suit like know. this is what a cool guy looks like yeah and 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 he walks in and and lana is sitting there and she's just going nuts for it and max walks over to her and says come on you know you want it i know your little secret that manhood could be yours and she slowly walks to the stage you know and and this is where you find out you know that that uh that lana has been fucking playing the part of a negative the whole time she's a positive you know and and it's it's before that i I did want to get to to max a little bit more and max is just he gets a talking to from 
Moms because he's basically an asshole, you know. And I guess Moms has some kind of respect for Nick for whatever reason why she kind of likes him. Mom, mom loves Nick and Lana. That she has yeah. like a Moms relationship with him, and she probably you know, knows Lana eventually is going to, you know, because you, you can't stop refuse John Rico. Yeah, because everybody knew knows. You know, you could you could turn this into a uh, like into a uh, like gay um, metaphor. You sure. know, mom sure. knows that, that. that she's eventually gonna. But I don't think that's what they were going for no, with this. They weren't. But um, but like you know, I think mom just is like they're good kids and yeah. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> so she's pro- protective <laughs> of them, the but she knows at some point that like. That like, you know, Lana's gonna classic, have to come to them, and it's it's almost like you know, at some point you have to live your, you have to embrace life because the other people have, I guess, and if you have no sex drive, your life is done. Yeah. I mean, mom's <laughs> just is live in misery after that. Mom's is basically the hooker with a heart. You know, she'll take you in, right, right, at first, but yeah. she knows eventually you're gonna give in, and maybe she knows her secret. But this is my favorite part of the movie where Max gets a talking to because Moms comes in and she realizes that Max is an asshole. And she tells him, you have to recite the poem. And Max is like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'll go to your office. Come on. We'll go to your office. We'll talk this out. No. And then she gets into her dominatrix mode. Recite the poem. Get down on your knees. And so Max gets down on his knees and he recites this little ditty in front of everyone at Cafe Flesh. And it goes a little something like this. I'm a little Maxie, the star of the show. But under my boxers, nothing will grow. Because posies and neggies. But I'm in between. Because I lost my weapon in World War Three, And then he starts crying. He is absolutely mortified. And but let's, is- let's also mention that uh, in addition to being MC, all he does is fucking go from table to table Fuck telling people. everybody that they're a piece of shit yeah. and with the open hostility. So, yeah, so the audience, like, eats it up. <laughs> yeah, and and any and any type of I just didn't care enough for him to 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 get any satisfaction from this cuz he was still an asshole. No, no, uh, the actor who played this guy had some fucking issues. Yeah, <laughs> and he, like like okay, he's letting out his hostility. This guy's got some fucking hostility. Oh, it's absolutely. just like Max, well, man. As we skipped ahead, act 5 is basically the Rico show. And and there's a brass bed, and Rico takes Lana, who has made her way on stage, and poor Nick is just watching this. And I actually I have a bed exactly the same as Ooh, the, this bed, the be bed big on stage. For the the cuckold crowd <laughs> love the, love this movie. They'll love this if you're oh. into the cuck thing. I guess the end of this movie will be a oh crowning. Great. The end, I, you know, I was looking at how much time I had, and I said, boy, they've really got to wrap this up quick. I mean, you could see that Nick has his heart broken as he finds out that, that 
Lana has been lying to him the whole time, and she goes up to to the bed and and uh, Rico, as I said, has this humongous horse dong and gives it to her, and and you know she's going nuts, and and poor poor uh, Nick is just standing there, and and Nick basically just turns around, walks to the door. And uh, and the guy at the door and Nick slaps him on the back and on the cheek, you know, and drags him and the bartender drags him away and he's leaving. And as soon as he gets to the door, the guy says, yeah, leaving so soon. And then the door slams and that's it. And the movie is over. That, that, that's it. That, you know, I, I was wondering if, if they were going to have one last monologue or if there was going to be a planet of the uh, beneath the planet of the eights moment where they blow up the world or something. But no, no, that Nick, was the Nick, point. Of, that was the point Nick, of the movie. But it's it, so abrupt. It was almost like that there was something cut up. I mean, he just walks out. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, there, there, there are credits to the movie, but they cut them out on the, the videos. So there was there was music and credits at the oh, end. Like, that like, was that was it. That was there wasn't the, bonus scenes like an Avenger movie. Right. I didn't no. Yeah. <laughs> no. Did you, did you want bonus scenes? No, I didn't movie? want bonus scenes. That, that was their point. That was their point. You know, the. That, that like whatever little bit of life that was left, they, mm-hmm. you're gonna embrace it, and you you can't like they were trying to make it work. She was trying to fake it and make it work with with her boyfriend because she loves her boyfriend. Nothing. But at the same time, yeah, he's not also he's also fucking insufferable because yeah. he's self pitying. But at the same time, he's also he's he's I mean you could I mean. They 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 baked in a lot of stuff. He's he gets in he gets like not enjoyment, but just being able to feel anything. So he's gotta like go and torture himself with her at, in order to feel at, to get his response. But her response is she's actually getting a getting a little charge out of it because she's actually positive. So it's dysfunctional. It's it's a bad relationship, you know. He's yeah. using he's using her to for for like she's got to torture herself in order to be with him because torture is the only thing there that is she can feel doesn't. she can't I mean and and you know he's gonna be back again tomorrow night because that's yeah. the goddamn right. trail hamster world yeah, yeah. that these guys live in yeah and, it's and, Chinatown and, Nick yeah he's fucked and and this movie from from some of the research I did was not critically acclaimed at the time when it came out at least some of the reviews that i read um you know it was kind of panned and has it achieved like cult status now oh yeah it was a it it was a midnight movie for years and for years and years and years yeah 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 and it's i mean it's like they're writing about it in books and stuff but like i mean I, I mean, as as as, 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 I as mean, a filmmaker, I gotta grudgingly say they set out to like they set out to do something and they did it. It's an it's it's an unpleasant experience, though. You know, it, it I like I watch it and I I appreciate. I guess like the word is appreciate. I appreciate it more and more as 
Yeah, they they told this story on zero budget with macaroni and a few lights. I mean, that's and what they wanted. That's they what they wanted it, to they tell. Didn't, they didn't use real actors. They found their friends that were as close, probably a lot of comedians. It seems like, yeah. and and they like, you know, the the acting is incredibly over the top and you know varies. But, you know, for for underground films at the time, it's right along. I mean, go watch Liquid Sky. You got to see Liquid Sky. I I will. I mean, you take Roller Babes, which which was fun, which I enjoyed, which has some great. And I can't possibly think that the budget on Roller Babes was much more than the budget. on. You just happened to have a couple guys who had like were like, let's have let's let's have a little more fun with the script than usual because they were. they but this was like somebody's I ba- this was somebody's baby, you know. It, it, you know, like all pornos, it, it spawned two or three sequels after it. Something about a brain in a jar or something like that. And, you know, probably not even worth getting an honorable mention. Yeah, not no, like I the Devil that they, Jones, they sold. The, I, I I'm assuming they just sold the rights to like porn filmmakers who just made like porn movies out of them and like used some of the ideas from it. But I. I d- very much doubt they were like thought out a thought out movie like this. This was, you know, somebody somebody they they wrote the script, you know, the there the, you can go on YouTube there's PG-13 versions of this movie. So if you cut the porn out, it, you can see that it was I'm sure it's not their original vision, but it was people with a vision that made it. The writer's pretentious as hell, but writers can be pretentious yeah. as hell. Be good writers. Harlan Ellison is a fucking great writer, but he was yeah. like, you know, so it would and could write a pretentious description of something he did himself. So, you know. No, I, I for what it it's, was, it's a triumph in a way, but it's a triumph of making you feel shitty. Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty much, I mean, I, I got to say that the, the pencil head was probably my favorite, um, was probably my, my favorite part of the movie, along with the, the babies slamming the bones on the, on the, uh, you know, on their, on their tables. It, it, it's almost, you know, I had a film class in college and we had to produce a, um, uh, a small you know, presentation for for whatever reason and people made movies you know small films and i decided to do like a uh to take some slides and put together a slideshow uh so i just went to to this farm out in half moon bay and bought the biggest fucking pumpkin i could and it was huge and i just took this pumpkin all around the Bay Area and took pictures of it. The pumpkin was in the water. The pumpkin was here. The pumpkin was there. Some complete stranger was holding the pumpkin. The pumpkin was on top of a car. The pumpkin had a cat on it. And there was maybe 30 of these slides. And I played uh, Al Yankovic uh, Pennsylvania polka behind the slides on a loop. And it was absolutely ludicrous. And when the lights came up, one girl said that was absolutely the most insane, ludicrous thing I've ever seen in my life. 
And she goes, but I liked it. I don't know why, but I liked it. And I, I kind of feel that way about this. I was trying to be as as crazy and stupid as I could. And I didn't think, you know, I, I didn't think anyone was going to like it. But you know what? I, I didn't hate every aspect of this movie. I, I liked some of the things in it because they were so crazy. I mean, come on, man. A, a guy in a rat mask carrying milk with a tail banging somebody. I mean, how could you not like that just because it's so crazy and just so off the fucking beaten path that that – you're not going to see it anywhere else, you know? So, yeah, yeah, I can see. I, I, I can kind of see what, what they may have been trying to do. Let's, let's. Well, you see, I, I, I see the porn almost being detached. Yeah. Almost from what they wanted to do. It just had to be in there. Yeah. So, like, I mean, the stuff that, the stuff that, like, it, the, the writing of it, because, like, I see the dialogue and I'm like, this is fun dialogue. And if you would have had, like, if you would have had like just for example, the probably the worst fucking actor in this whole thing was the bartender. Oh, it was God. just terrible. With, you could tell that, he was a that. guy. He was probably a real bartender, and they thought he'd translate into his personality on screen, and Let's he just turned into somebody who was face. just trying to get all his lines out because the lines were very like written. Out, you know, there was a style to to the writing of it. So, like, you know, a, a, a really a, a really good actor with all those lines could have done a lot of stuff with it. Somebody a little more charismatic could have made Max just likable enough to where it wasn't super unpleasant to watch like Ron him all Jeremy. The time. I could probably watch Ron Jeremy. Yes, Ron do Jeremy. The same yes, thing, he, if, yeah. And I wouldn't have. And I wouldn't have. John Malkovich. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kevin Spacey Ron, even. Yeah, um, I could I could watch Ron Jeremy or any of those guys do the same thing, and I would probably yeah, get a laugh out of but it. But I'm because... I, yeah, but I'm talking about like like if you went and got Hollywood actors for this yeah. and, and had them do the dialogue, you could really be working with some stuff. But you know they were working on ten dollar budget, so it's like whoever they could scare up at at, a, at their bar for their friends to act in the movie. That's who they got, you know, and they got a lot of people and said, okay, you just stand there and just stare, you know. Yeah, they and they all stared those in one very night good. And they had everybody. Another part, favorite part of my scene was the editing where they would go to the crowd. I mean, they, I, I thought yeah. that was, I like that. They weren't yeah, clapping, well, they weren't smiling, they were just, you know, yeah, they had yeah. that look so of that, longing. That underlined the main point of the movie, so yeah, yeah. It, was, it was. They were lost. They had their look in their eyes like, yeah, I remember when I could do that, you know, and that cafe flesh is all they have, man. And yeah, it, it, it was it was uh, depressing, but I I did. I, I see where it where it can fall on the. Um, it's a, the it's a touchstone in cinema. Yeah, I can I can see that, you know, it, it's definitely needs to be. um I wouldn't put it up there with the devil and Miss Jones or, but I think, Oh, I, have a I, place. I totally would as, would as a, a, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, I think like, I, I think like that and devil and Miss Jones are two of the, and actually I, I think like the, like if you want to, maybe we'll, we'll do it sometime. Uh, the movie short bus. 
was a successful movie that was like this is a real movie and it has full it, it was almost like it, you couldn't go like this is a real movie and it's a porn but it was like this is a real movie but this has full penetrative sex of okay the but we'll get to that on another day but that like but that the this and devil and miss jones are two of the more successful i well, think it, like it, where it they where long... they where they mix porn with a with an actual like story and made it made them made them work together without it being just like we have to have some dialogue and some semblance of a concept to make this not illegal you know fair enough yeah i can i can i can see that you know they it, i can see a heavy music video influence i mean this oh, yeah. is the time this is the time when you know you know, music videos were just were you know they had been around, but this is the MTV. If you watch USA, if you watch USA Night Flight around the same time, half the stuff had was like the acting, the the ideas and stuff, just without the hardcore sex, the yeah. music, uh, with the all lighting. the stuff they used to show on this was had a lot of the same elements, the colors, the neon colors, you know. I can definitely see where the influence came for this movie uh and you know what it 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 didn't i didn't want to turn it off i, I wanted to see how it ended it it ended in a way that i wasn't expecting you know well, that walks out the door boom. I'll, I'll also put it this way it's it's 70 minutes long so that's yeah. that's one good thing it's got going for it. if you watch it on youtube it's 45 minutes long or 50 minutes long depending on the the cut, you, the get, cut right? you see but yeah you can see it without the porn on on youtube and i think there's enough of the um setup of the the porn sequences that you get to see the set you design, get the which is really good so you yeah should, you know but you could watch this on youtube and get everything out of it i mean the porn without, is just the porn. without it's... any without any of the 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 stuff that would yeah. get it kicked off like, youtube like you said the porn was there because it had to be it was almost an afterthought yeah literally so, the guy said they would get their kneecaps broken if yeah. they they sort of hoped they sort of at first had this idea that they would film the movie and then at some point they would edit the porn out of it and that they, they would have their movie and stuff and then they realized that they would probably get kneecapped if they did that yeah. so so here it is so, you know, you're right. If you want to watch it on YouTube, the porn is the porn. You've seen that. So watch uh watch their vision, you know. And you can go on to the you can go on to the streaming porn sites. That's where we watched it at what X Hamster. X Hamster. Which that might become my go to porn site because it seems to be the place that has mostly it seems to be have a good chunk of its content is just old porn movies you know yeah, like and, and, 70s porn movies or movies that were sort of and a lot of movies that aren't porn movies at all but just they couldn't put up on youtube and stuff so there's a lot of obscure genre movies that might have a little extra nudity and stuff 
and it's got a great name, X Hamster. I mean, you know what? If, <laughs> yeah. if, 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 if what are you watching? I'm watching X Hamster. Oh, great! I love hamsters. You know, you're you're not going to get in trouble if if they see that. In, you know, on, yeah, they, in your search no engine. bad. Yeah. No negative associations. Hamsters are cute. I mean, come on, they eat their young if you don't get them out of there quick enough. But other than that, they love stuffing seeds in their face, and they're cute, and they run on wheels. I mean, everyone loves fucking hamsters. So you're not going to think it's a porn site. Ex-hamster, come on. Enough of that stuffing seeds in your face, Todd. <laughs> yeah, you can. they're stuffing other things in their face, but, but uh, yeah, it. you know, it, it was good. I, 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 I. I enjoy uh, pretty much all of your all of your recommendations, and I am sure <laughs> that uh, next month we'll, well come we'll, up with something. Just... When we finally hit short bus, that'll be a, a lot now, more. I'm intrigued. That'll be a lot more feel. That that's more of a feel good movie. I'm intrigued with with short bus. I like I like the sound of that. So, but uh, that's I, I guess that's our look at Cafe Flesh, an important movie uh that you know that if you're gonna that if you're gonna speak about uh this genre you genre you definitely need to check it out because it it is uh it played for a long time at the midnight yeah, theaters if, you, uh, if and, you are a fan of new age new wave post-apocalyptic porn musicals <laughs> definitely gotta watch it definitely this check it citizen out citizen kane that. <laughs> yeah, Rosebud. Okay, whatever. But no, no, uh, it, it, it was definitely interesting view. And uh, and with that, if you have any closing thoughts on on this uh, on this flick of the month, nope. My only closing thought is I would just like our audience to sit back and relax and enjoy the dulcet tones of my buddy, powered by Satan. you my belief everyone must give me beef Beef. I will eat it with my teeth you must give me beef give me beef eat it red eat it all from tail to head man can't live on lettuce leaf you must give me beef. If you want me to be your friend, you must give me beef. Sometimes I think the world will end if I do not get beef. beef. If you want me to be your man, you must give me beef. Take me by the hand and lead me to the land of beef. To the land of beef. So give me beef. Visit our website at two truefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T W O T R U E F R E A K S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at two truefreaks at gmail.com.
Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. So give me beef. So give me beef. It certainly is a big bun. It's a very big bun. Big fluffy bun. It's a very big fluffy bun. Where's the beef? Some hamburger places give you a lot less beef on a lot of bun. Where's the beef? At Wendy's, we serve a hamburger we modestly call a single. And Wendy's single has more beef than the Whopper or Big Mac. At Wendy's, you get more beef and less bun. Hey, where's the beef? I don't think there's anybody back there. You want something better. You're Wendy's kind of people.